Wow, you can tell he's a dad, can't you? Because those are some powerful dad jokes. Okay. I just want to, um, before I start getting into the word, I just want to acknowledge the fact that sometimes Mother's Day is a bit hard. Like it's awesome and we love it, but sometimes it's a bit hard, especially if um, your mum isn't around. Maybe your mum is not in this country and you just would love to see her today. Maybe she's passed away. Um, thanks, Charlotte. Maybe um, you've had a rift with your mum. Or maybe you uh, would have loved to be a mum and it just didn't happen for you. Or maybe you're finding being a mum really hard right now. And I just want to acknowledge that sometimes Mother's Day can be a bit hard. And um, I'm just going to lift the tone, eh? But <laughs> it's, it's really important, I think, to have space for that. But I love being part of a church community where there is a place for people to belong that sometimes goes outside their social roles, that they're naturally, biologically given. And I know that there are people in this house who are a mum to me, who are a grandmother to my children, and I just love that about being part of a church, being part of a church that is family, yeah? It's good, isn't it? It's good. Well, today's movie, Wonder, has a a fantastic mum figure in it. She's strong and she's tender, um, and it's, she's beautiful. She's looking amazing, it's Julie Roberts, so you're going to love her. Who's seen the movie, Wonder? Has anyone seen it? Ooh, not many. It's really good. Um, it's based on a book by R.J. Palacio, I don't know how to say name. Um, I'd really recommend it. It's great. It's particularly good if you're looking for a movie you can watch as a family because it will teach your children something about compassion and how to be in the world that a million lectures will not manage. And um, Dave mentioned last week, but he actually cried real tears when we watched this. Real tears were falling from his eyes. I didn't cry, but I don't know. I'm not sure. What's wrong with me? Who knows? Okay, so um, the main character in this movie is called Augie Pullman, and he was born with a condition called, I'm going to have to look at this, mandibulofacial dysostosis, which is more commonly known as Treacher-Collins syndrome. So he's got this um, really serious facial deformity. And when he is born, it is a shock to everybody. And he needs to, he's had many, many surgeries just to be able to, like, be alive and breathe and swallow and see and hear and stuff like that. But he still looks really, really different. And he was homeschooled for the first nine years of his life because of all the surgeries and because of the the difficulties that his appearance um, posed for social interactions. Um, But now he has time to start public school. So he's 10, he's grade 5, which is like uh, year 6, which is like standard 4, if you're remembering that, yeah? Okay, so he's going into a place where uh, he is so different, and at that time of your life, fitting in is really important. So we're going to watch the first clip, which um, introduces the characters. It's really good. Enjoy. I know I'm not an ordinary 10-year-old kid. I mean, I do ordinary things. Eat ice cream, ride my bike. I'm really good at playing sports. Well, on my Xbox. I love Minecraft, science, dressing up for Halloween. I love the lightsaber fight with my dad and watch Star Wars movies with him and drive my big sister crazy and dream about being in outer space, just like any ordinary kid. I just don't look ordinary when I'm doing these things. 
Not even my birth was ordinary. It was hilarious. I've had 27 surgeries since then. They've helped me to breathe, to see, to hear without a hearing aid, and some even helped me look a bit better. But none of them have made me look ordinary. I know I'll never just be an ordinary kid. Ordinary kids don't make other kids run away from playgrounds. Ordinary kids don't get stared at wherever they go. But it's okay if you want to stare too. My name is Augie Pullman. Next week, I start fifth grade. And since I've never been to real school before, I'm pretty much totally and completely petrified. Mrs. Pullman, so good to see you again. And you must be Augie. What a pleasure to meet you. I'm Mr. Tushman. You can laugh about that. Tushman. I've heard them all. Tushy. Buttman. Buttface. Oh. Mr. Tuchus. <laughs> and then, in the spring, we have a science fair. And from what your homeschool teacher tells me, you'll get first prize. You hear that, Augie? And right before graduation, whole class takes a trip to a nature reserve in Pennsylvania. It is the highlight of the year. I promise you. Oh, good, they're here. Meeting kids is harder than meeting adults. Everyone makes the same face at first, but kids aren't as good at hiding it. So I usually look down. You can learn a lot about people from their shoes. I think these three are Trust fun kid, hand me down kid, uh oh, crazy kid. I act in TV commercials. Really? Yeah. Tight. Why don't you guys take Augie around the school a bit, huh? Let's be back here in a uh, half hour. even says that tight what's going on anyway so Augie's face made little kids cry and when I heard that first I was like what is wrong with children surely my child would never do that and then I remembered the time that Ruby when she was little was really afraid of a friend we had who had um well he was like was the only brown person that we knew really and we lived in Dunedin at the time and um she just was petrified of him and we thought our child is racist oh no what a, but then we realised she was also afraid of another friend from church um, who was very white. And, but it was the hair. They had black curly hair. And Ida is petrified of her uncle and his father-in-law because they have long beards. And it's like, if they're scaring you, don't look at them. But she's like clinging. I'm afraid. But always had this situation where he goes in, out in the world and people are staring at him. But so he wears this helmet. He's really into um, Star Wars and space and everything. So he, he covers up with this 
with this helmet. And for the first nine years of his life, he's had um, his parents mediating a lot of his experiences. They've been able to kind of be there with him, or his sister's been there with him, but now he's going to school. And school can be hard. He's going to meet some nice people. He's going to meet some mean people, total bullies. And he's going to meet some people who are just kind of in between. Some people that take a while to come around. And we'll just watch another clip that, that introduces some of that experience and introduces some more of those characters. Cool, thanks. Right, let's settle down. Everybody settle down. Saved. Sorry. Everybody find your seats. Yes. Finding our seats, great. All right, now, some of us are lucky enough to know each other, yeah? And, and others are new, hi there. Okay. My name is Mr. Brown, and you're late. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I was just helping set up chairs for the assembly. Don't worry about it. Can anybody tell me what this word means? Anybody? No? Precepts are rules for really important things. Like mottos. Like mottos, or like famous quotes, or like um, lines from a fortune cookie, right? Precepts can help motivate us. They can help guide us when we have to make decisions about really important things, okay? So why are you talking to me about precepts this early in the morning, Mr. Brown? Well, let me tell you, because precepts also can tell us a lot about ourselves. Who is it that I aspire to be? That is the question that we should be asking ourselves all the time. What kind of person am I? So this is what we're gonna do. Um, everyone's gonna come up with two things that they think everybody else should know about them. All right, I'll go first. Number one, I used to work on Wall Street for a long time. And two, I left Wall Street to pursue my dream and teach. Boom, who's next? Yes. Julian Albans, and I think it's cool how you're pursuing your dream. Thank you very much, Julian. Let's hear your two things. Okay. One, I just got Battleground Mystic on my Wii, and it's totally awesome. And number two, we got a ping pong table this summer. Amazing. Any questions for Julian? Yes. Is Battleground Mystic multiplayer or single player? That's not those kind of questions. <laughs> okay. Uh... Hi, my name's August Pullman Augie, and um, I have a sister named Via and a dog named Daisy. I love Star Wars, and I just said three things. Yeah, sorry. Well, that sounds like a bonus to me. Three things. Thank you very much, Augie. That was perfect. Who's next? Oh, I actually have a question for Augie. What's the deal with the braid in the back of your hair? Is it like a Padawan thing? What's a Padawan thing? Oh, it's from Star Wars. A Padawan is a Jedi apprentice. Who's your favorite character, Augie? Boba Fett. What about Darth Sidious? Do you like him? Ouch. 
Okay, can we, can we talk about Star Wars at recess? Yes? All right. Who wants to read this month's precept? What about you? What's your name? Summer. Summer. Want to give it a shot? When given the choice between being right or being kind, choose kind. That's good. Yeah? It's good. That, and that is my heart for the message today, um, is the idea when you've given the choice between being right and being kind, choose kind. Because kindness isn't um, something soppy. Kindness isn't something passive or saccharine. Kindness is actually a powerful reflection of the heart and the character of God. And the word for kindness in the Hebrew is um, chesed. You say it with me? You've got to make like a bit of phlegm in your throat. Chesed. Chesed. Sorry, my Hebrew is pretty, pretty rubbish. But it means, um, that's how the Google told me to say it. It means loving kindness is how it's often translated. This loyalty, this... Um, Benevolence beyond the ordinary. Kindness towards someone who has no right to claim it from you. And it um, really comes out in the book of Ruth. And I heard an incredible message at a Quipu conference this year from Shane Willard talking about kindness and this whole message in the book of Ruth. And I, I want to share with you some of the powerful stuff that he said. So said uh, is a major theme in the book of Ruth. And it, um, if you know, does anyone know, oh, book of Ruth, she's a Moab woman, Moabite woman. She comes back to Israel. She's poor. She chooses to look after her mother-in-law, um, meets this hot, rich guy, pretty much like it's quite, wow, what's going on here? Have this like interaction. He ends up marrying her. But it's this amazing story of redemption and faithfulness and romance at the threshing floor. <laughs> but you see Ruth's character. You see her kindness. And, and Boaz, who was the rich hot guy, um, he says to her, how your kindness has been seen in your actions in the past and your kindness is seen now. And Ruth shows kindness, but she also receives kindness in an incredible way that actually breaks the law. Now, because of what had some stuff that had happened earlier in the history of Israel, um, Moabites, the people from the land of Moab, were specifically excluded from being part of the people of God. Deuter Deuteronomy 23, 23 says, No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants for 10 other generations may be admitted to the assembly, assembly of the Lord. You're out if you're from Moab. You are out. Ruth was not supposed to be part of the family of God. No way. It's specifically forbidden, but she is chosen. And if you know how the story ends with Ruth, Ruth and Boaz get married. They have a baby. His name is Obed. He has a son called Jesse, who has a son called David, who becomes the king of Israel. And so within that, like, you know, Moabite 10 generations can't be in the assembly of God. It's what? Four generations and you get the king of Israel. What was right was that she be excluded. But what God did was include her. She does not deserve to be included in the family of God. And the line that the son of God, Jesus, comes from, but she is given more than she deserves. And that is the heart of God. And you see it in the Old Testament. You see it for sure in the New Testament. Jesus was 
hard. He was brutal to people who placed more importance on being right than on being kind. He rips in to the Pharisees, who are the, the religious um, high and mighty, people in positions of power. In Matthew 23, 23 says, Great sorrow awaits you, religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and pretenders. For you are obsessed with peripheral issues, like insisting on paying meticulous tithes on the smallest herbs that grow in your gardens. These matters are fine, but you ignore the most important duty of all, to walk in the love of God, to display mercy to others, and to live with integrity. Readjust your values and place first things first. Jesus broke a lot of rules in reaching out to the people who needed kindness. He hangs around with prostitutes. He touches lepers, even though the law specifically said, ah, now you are unclean, you can't do this, you can't behave in spiritual ways, you can't go into temple. There's an amazing interaction he has with a woman in Mark 5, a woman who says it's going to be an issue of blood. She's got some kind of like menstruation problem happening that's been going on for 12 years. And the law specifically says that when you're having your period, you are excluded from community. You are unclean. You can't touch anyone who touches you. They are made unclean. Like you're out. You're out. But Jesus throws it all to the wind. What happens is one day he's going to someone's house, someone needs a healing and he's going there and people are crowding around him. And this woman who's got the issue of blood, she's like, I need a healing, I need a healing and I shouldn't be here. And if the people knew who I was, oh man, they would be angry because I'm jostled up again. But she pushes through the crowd and she gets to Jesus, she touches the hem of his garment. And in that moment, she feels something shift in her body. And Jesus feels something shift. It says he felt power go out of him. And he says, whoa, hang on. Who touched me? And his disciples are like, ah, oh, lots of people touch you, Jesus. Can we just keep moving? He's like, no, no, someone touched me. Something happened. And the woman, she knows it is, and she's like, oh, I can't hide any longer. And she says, it's me. It's me. Now, if Jesus was paying more attention to the rules, to being right, he would have turned and said, who touched me? What, you? With this issue of blood, now I'm unclean. I've got to go have a bath. I've got to wash my clothes. I'm unclean until evening. Even after doing all those things, I'm out of touch with God now. I can't go to the temple. I can't go do this miraculous healing. I'm broken off from God. But that's not why he's turned around. He's not turned around to judge her, to exclude her in any way. He's wanted to identify her, to connect with her. Because he wants to speak into her heart. She's already had her healing. She's already had the healing, but he wants the connection to say to her, your faith has made you well. Come on, you're forgiven. It's not a transaction thing. It's a relationship thing. And he's not so worried about the, the details, the who's in, who's out. Jesus came to fulfill the law, but to surpass the law. And what surpasses the law is kindness and love. Like he said, it's the divine attribute of God. And when we express it, we are ordering the world to God's ways. Too often we think that to get things in line with how they're supposed to be, we need to kind of impose some kind of order. We need to correct people, maybe even judge people because they are not living right. And they need to get this thing sorted out for things to be right. That is not at all what God says. It's actually as we 
act out his character, his loving kindness that it brings divine order, expresses his kingdom in the world. And too often the church has been guilty of saying uh, some to things, oh, that's taboo, you're, it's just plain wrong, you can't be like that, you're out, you're out. And if you have been um, subject to that, maybe you've been made to feel or you've been told that you can't belong in a church because of whatever it is about who you are, that does not reflect the heart of God. It does not reflect the heart of God. Because, yeah, there might be some things that would be good to change because life is going to go better for you, but God reaches out to everyone with loving kindness, and we are to reach out to everyone with loving kindness as well. So I would really want to challenge you that. Are there things today? Like, we're not really concerned about lepers making us unclean. Leprosy is not really around. And I don't know. I don't know. Let's go there. It's fine, <laughs> all of that stuff. But we still put up barriers between people. And Augie finds this. He mentions later about how no one touches him. The kids talk about him having the plague. I know. They are mean. Little kids can be really mean. Yeah? And we're going to see a little, and then follow next clip. We're going to see how um, he makes friends with Jack, Jack Quill. But it isn't all smooth sailing. Yeah? It gets a little bit tricky. Let's watch the next clip. They just cheated on a test. That's not cool, though. Hey, Jack, come sit here. In a sec. Where's he going? Hey, thanks for your help today. No problem. And don't worry, I got a couple wrong, so Miss Potosa wouldn't know. I'm not worried. The worst they can do is kick me out. Not loving school either, huh? Oh, it's great. <laughs> I wanted to go to Way Middle, one of the great sports teams. Then why'd you come here? They gave me the scholarship. Well, if you need help in science, you can come to my house after school. You know, if you want. Great, thanks. What's wrong? I just don't like eating in front of people. What do you mean? It's a long story, but when I eat, I think I chew like some prehistoric swamp turtle. No joke. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> now there's tuna in your face. Yeah, tuna man. No, no, no. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's even more gross. I'm going as Boba Fett this year. I like Halloween, but Christmas is still the best holiday. No way, Halloween is the best. A pillowcase of candy versus two weeks off school. You're nuts. You see? Even your dog agrees. Hey, Mom, is it okay if Jack comes over? Yes! Thanks, Mrs. B. Mom. I mean, you get snow on Christmas. 
But you can get snow on Halloween. If it's like, if you live in Alaska, where they have I've got to be cool. Fall is here, here they are. Back to school, ring the bell. Brand new shoes, walking blues. Climb the fence, hooks and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Never thought about having plastic surgery. No, I've never thought about it. Why? <laughs> Dude, this is after plastic surgery. It takes a lot of work to look this good. We don't notice any time pass. One, two, three, four. I declare fun more. Bow, kiss, begin. For me, Halloween is the best holiday in the world. It's so awesome. When I'm wearing a costume, I usually walk with my head down to avoid being seen. But on Halloween, I walk with my head up high. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. I don't even know who that was. He didn't even know who I was. It's so cool, especially because people don't like to touch me. Because they think I'm contagious. Oh yeah, Chewie, up high. Boom goes the dynamite. They did the match. They did the monster match. <laughs> it really does look like him. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. yeah. He's always reminded me of like a shrunken head, you know? Oh, or an orc. Yeah. <laughs> if I looked like him, I'd swear. I'd put a hood over my face. <laughs> if I look like him, I think I'd kill myself. Why do you hang out with him so much, Jack? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Twitchman asked me to be his welcome buddy, and now he just follows me around everywhere. Well, well that was stink. stink. Oh, that was stink. <laughs> oh, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> You're acting really weird. I'm okay, Jack, okay? Okay. At first, I admit it. I was only friendly to him because my mom asked me to be nice. But now, I would choose to hang out with him. Like, he's a good friend. Like, if all the guys in fifth grade were lined up against a wall and I could choose anyone I wanted to hang out with, I would choose Augie. Hey, what's wrong? Go away. Oh, hey, Jack, come sit with us. Yeah, come on, man. Oh, sorry, just, please, just blink him back. Blink him back. So what is, what's happened is Jack has made friends with the organ. He's discovered he's really cool. But then at Halloween, they all dress up at school. And he thought Jack, um, Augie was coming as Boba, whoever from, whoever that is from Star Wars. Not into Star Wars. Um, but he comes as that freaky facey thing. Sorry, I had to all see that. Don't have nightmares tonight. And so he says this thing about how he's not really friends with him to the other kids. And, and Jack just totally lets him down. 
But the thing is, Jack is just trying to fit in. You know, he's the scholarship kid. He knows he is not as rich as the other kids. He's just trying to fit in with the cool kids. And Jack never intended to hurt Augie, but Augie is, Augie is hurt, and Augie pushes him away. He's totally heartbroken by this betrayal. And we just see here, just, the, just like the basic stuff. This is basic stuff here today. Just the golden rule. Like, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. This is not the deepest of teaching, but it's the most important. Yeah? And if we're honest, I think, about how we're living our lives, it's actually the stuff we really need to sit with a bit longer to really being applying a bit more. So when, when Jesus talks about this, this golden rule, he says, however you wish to be treated, Luke 6, 31, however you wish to be treated by others is how you should treat everyone else. And are you really showing true love by only loving those who love you back? Even those who don't know God will do that. Are you really showing compassion when you do good deeds only to those who do good deeds to you? Not even those who don't know God will do that. If you lend money to only those who will repay you, what credit is that to your character? Even those who don't know God will do that. But love your enemies and continue to treat them well. It's do unto others. Not do unto others what they did to you. That's kind of Old Testament under the law. But do unto others what you would like them to do to you. And the reality is that just like Jack and Augie, we've all had people let us down. We've had people betray us. But on the other side, we've also let people down. We've betrayed other people. We're kidding ourselves if we think we haven't. And there's this beautiful scene later on, I won't show it to you, but um, where they make up. And this great question comes out, can we be friends again? And perhaps you're here today and, and you know there is a person that you want to reach out to. You need to reach out to and say, can we be friends again? Because what perhaps, we think about when, we, when I've stuffed up, I want someone to forgive me, yeah? But when other people have stuffed up and hurt me, what we want to do is we want to hurt them back. We want to expose them. We want to at least make them see what they did. Maybe they could grovel a little and maybe then I'll forgive them. But once again, are we being right or are we being kind? You know, what they deserve what is right perhaps is rejection, you know, cut them off, whatever. And there are times for that. There are times to pull back in relationship from people when you, there's something, you know, is consistent, unhealth, there's abuse or anything like that. But Christ calls us to offer forgiveness. I might not trust a person enough again to put them in a position of power and speaking into my life or whatever it is, but I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be kind. And Augie learns that he he has to be kind. You know, his continual story is how people want to mean to him. But it takes him a long time to be able to forgive Jack, to be able to see the side of, other side of why Jack was behaving like he was, to be kind. Now, the opposite of kindness is bullying. Yeah? And Julian is the, the clear bully in this movie. And Wonder is a, a fantastic movie that's really finely attuned to what um, bullying is actually about. It's about kids walling off their feelings, uh, giving in to the dark side of themselves to try and make themselves superior. And the reality is that bullies, of course, weren't born bad. And we see in this next clip, we're going to see a little bit of the backstory for Julian that explains a bit of why he behaves like he does towards Augie. Let's watch some more.
You wrote that, Julia? Yes, sir. That one note was on the back of a class photo. Your son photoshopped Augie out of it. No. No, he didn't. I did. Of course, I didn't think that he would bring it to school. But when our friends come over and they see that picture, I want them to ask about our son, not the Pullmans. Mrs. Hobbins, when we pressed Augie, he showed us these other notes that your son left in his locker and, and his desk. Okay, look, if no one else is going to have the courage to say it, then I guess I will. These kids are too young to be dealing with this sort of thing. Julian has had nightmares because of that kid. Sarah. Did you know that? We had to take him to a child psychologist to help him deal with his night terrors. It's just a two-day suspension. You'll stay home from the nature preserve trip. That's all. Two days for a couple of notes from a kid. After all the money that we have poured into the school. We have a lot of friends in the school board, Mrs. Tushman. Oh. Well, I have more. So what would you have us do? Bend over backwards for every single person in the world? Nobody can get their feelings hurt, ever? <laughs> you are not doing these kids any favors. Mrs. Albans, Augie can't change the way he looks. So, maybe we can change the way we see. Yes, I will be sure to tell that to the real world. Thank you for this. We won't be back in the fall. Mom. Like the school. Oh, Mom. I have friends, Dad. Let's go to them. Come on. Mr. Tushman? I'm really sorry. I know you are, Julian. Julian's been really mean, but the backstory is that He's had some issues of his own. And you just got to see those parents to be like, yeah, you've probably got some issues. <laughs> so that mum does not seem like she is a woman who accepts difference or is terribly kind. And it's obviously not the parents' fault. It's not the parents' fault. But those parents would be hard. Um, and they hint at it, and you see it more in the book. Obviously, the book is better than the movie. Yes. And actually, this book has some, another book that goes with it, some companion stories that give you some more background. And you, and you learn that Julian had um, terrible night terrors when he was younger after, I think he saw a movie or something like that, it was to do with someone with a deformed face. And he had, it was a real significant issue. He had to go see a psychologist and all of that. And when Augie starts at school, when he meets Augie before school, actually, these night terrors come back. And... Um, that's not cool when you're nine to be getting like bad dreams and stuff like that. And he's afraid. That's the reason why he doesn't show kindness is he is afraid. He's clinically afraid. And it comes out as meanness. And it goes on, he's threatened. When, um, when Julian and his friend group are kind of rejected by Jack, Jack's like, oh, 
no, no, I'll go sit with Augie to be nice. And there's like, actually, actually, Augie's a lot more fun than you guys. And Julian is now, his role as the coolest kid is, is threatened and things are probably hard at home and he ups the ante with his bullying and it gets really bad. But instead of facing his fear and acting with courage and choosing kindness, Julian puts on his emotional armour and he goes on the offensive. And often we do that as well. Because to show kindness to a person involves being vulnerable. Hmm? But it is the courageous thing to do. It would have been hard for Julian, you know, because of the night terrors and the issue he had. It would have been hard. But we can always choose kind. Whatever the circumstance, we can choose to be kind. Because that is the response of God to us. And that is the godly response of us to other people. You know, often you're found... Facing a situation, you think, oh, how do I deal with that? Choose kind. How do I deal with that? Choose kind. Choose to express the kindness of God in your world. And the movie ends, I won't want to show you anymore because you've actually got to go and watch it. But um, (laughs) the movie ends with uh, Augie being recognized for the role that he played in the community of the school as the one who carries up people's hearts, as it's quote by the founder of the school, and how that shows a great strength of what he did for the community of the school. And there is something really powerful about having, how having difference in a community is really, really good for that community as a whole. And if you just surround yourself with people who look like you, who act like you, who are from the same place, who speak the same way, have the same hobbies, have the same kind of socioeconomic status, you're going to be poorer off. Yeah, It's better to be surrounded by difference. And that is what we see in the Bible, welcoming difference. Those people who require kindness from us are actually doing us a service. But the reality is love is never going to be easy. It's not going to be convenient. Love is costly. And when Jesus calls us to love one another, he doesn't paint it up pretty. He doesn't, um, you know, pretend to us. He shows us that it means serving. He shows us that it means laying your life down and suffering. Because Jack risked significant social rejection when he befriended Augie. He was bullied by Julian as well. But that was a risk worth taking. And when Jack wasn't prepared to take the, the, pay the cost of social rejection by trash-talking Augie in, in front of his other friends, he lost the friendship. He lost something of great value. In showing kindness, there is a cost. There's a cost of discomfort. There's a practical cost, cost of your time, your relational energy. Love involves laying your life down. And no one knows that better than Jesus, right? But when we live out of love, it is better for us. It is better for us on the inside. Yes, it's better for that person that we're showing kindness towards. It's better for our community and all of that. But it is better for you. It is better for you on the inside. The experience of living an open-hearted, deep-spirited life is so much better. Because the cost of your heart that comes, the cost to your heart that comes with bitterness, with judgment, is simply not worth paying. The small-hearted pay too high a price. The small-hearted pay too, pri- too high a price when we are called to choose kind. And I want to encourage you that maybe you don't have a kid at school who's got a face that looks as crazy as him. But there are people in your world who need love, who need kindness. 
And you can be the person who makes an incredible difference in their lives. Yeah? Let's pray. Because I don't know about you, but I want to do this, but it's hard and I need some help. Yeah? Why don't you stand with me? Activate some faith by doing something with your body. And let's pray. Charlotte, if you jump on keys. Oh, Roseanne, you've transformed. (laughs) Father God, we are grateful for the way that you love us. We are grateful for the way that uh, you show us kindness that we have never deserved. God, you, you don't treat us what we deserve. You go beyond and you show us kindness. Lord, when it was right to exclude us from your presence because of our sin, you came near to us. Lord, when we were untouchable, when there were things in our life that really kind of rightly we should be ashamed of, Lord, you draw us near and you draw us near again and again. And we are grateful for that, Lord. But Father God, we want to be the kind of people who reflect your heart to a world in need. Lord, help us to be the people who, who choose kindness over being right, who choose kindness over selfishness, who choose kindness over laziness, who choose kindness even when there is a cost. God, I ask that this very week, you would open our eyes to see the opportunities that we have to bring your love and kindness into our worlds by how we behave to others. Lord, help us to see people the way you see them and to love them the way that you do. And Holy Spirit, we ask for your help. Oh God, we need you. God, we need you. Thank you that you love to help us with everything. Amen. Before we close the service, I just want to speak to another group of people. Perhaps you're here today and and you hear this talk of the loving kindness of God and of how He came, comes to you and wants you near to Him. But you haven't yet taken that step to enter into relationship with Him. And that's something you would like to do. Every service, you want to give an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel. And this is your chance. If you would like today to step into relationship with Him for the first time, or perhaps for the for the first time in a long time, maybe the way you're living your life now is at a distance from Him and you want you want to come near. This is your opportunity. If everyone just close their eyes, just see so everyone's got a bit of space. If you would like today to enter into a relationship with God and start a life following His ways, just put up your hand, give me a wave. Who can I pray with this morning who wants to make that decision? Is there anyone who says, yep, today I need to make a step, uh, an expression, a proclamation that I'm following Jesus? I see that hand. That's awesome. Is there anyone else? Now's your chance to give me a wave so I can pray with you. Great stuff. Okay, let's all pray together because there's something powerful about standing in community together as a person makes a decision to to commit or to recommit their life to God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a line. Why don't you all with one strong voice pray after me. Father God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you want to be in relationship with me. And today I choose you. I choose to accept your forgiveness. 
and to walk into the good plans you have for me. Jesus, be my Saviour. And Jesus, be my Lord. I choose to follow you. Amen. Awesome. Why don't we give that person a clap? It's awesome. Best decision you ever make. After the service, we'd love to connect with you. So maybe come down the front or we'll grab you in the foyer and just be able to have a conversation and pray together. Church, it is great to celebrate with you today. Make sure you stick around after the service. Have a coffee, have some tea, have a treat, especially if you're mum, because you deserve it. I'll hand back over to Pastor Dave.